To support our work at the Izzy and Murtada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you'll get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Hi, I'm Mortada. And I'm Izzy. And this is the Izzy and Mortada Picture Show. And listeners, the time has come for us to give you our predictions on who's going to win on March 10th. We're doing it. We're doing this a little early because we have a very good episode next week. We have a great guest. Um, and so we thought, um, who is also Oscar-related, so you're going to have two fantastic episodes about the Oscars. But we thought we'd go early and do our predictions this week because basically everything that's supposed to happen, happened. All the other awards that are supposed to happen, happened, which is why I don't know why the Oscars are two weeks away. <laughs> um, they should have literally been this week somehow. So Izzy, da 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 da, -da. Um, Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go in order of um, what they have listed on the Academy website. Do you want to do okay. that? Sure. Do you want to do you want to start us? And I'll kick us off. OK, yes. All right. First up, the, I guess, most important category on the website, <laughs> uh, actor in a leading role. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, so the nominees in actor in a leading role. Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Killian uh, Murphy, Oppenheimer, uh, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Um, is that all? Did I and miss Coleman someone? Domingo. Oh, Coleman. How could I forget Coleman How Domingo? Could you Coleman See, Domingo. I, I'm winging this. I'm not actually reading it from anyway. <laughs> I will. I'll read them next for the next <laughs> ones. Okay, you have them out. Okay, good. So. It's it's very funny that um, remember how all we talked about this before, and I thought Killian Murphy cannot win because it's too subtle a performance. Or well, how wrong was I? Do you right? The He's won everything. These blue eyes have over every voter apparently. Yes. Yeah. So he's won BAFTA and SAG in the last week. Um, <laughs> which kind of solidifies him as the front runner here because those are two bodies that have members that are also both on the Oscars. So why, so why not? So Paul Giamatti surged that I think somebody said something on Twitter. Um, who started this Paul Giamatti rumor that he's the front runner? And then somebody responded to him that it was Kyle Buchanan of who oh, does that's predictions right. yeah, for the New York yeah. Times. Yeah. So so Kyle, in case you listen to our podcast, you probably don't, but we are blaming you for the fact, or I'm blaming you for the fact that I thought Paul Giamatti was going to win. And I don't think he is. Well, I'll blame him for my crushed hopes because <laughs> we're, if, if I can do my first bit of advocacy here, I would love to have seen Paul Giamatti win um, this year. So, so tell, tell us why. 
Um, oh gosh. Well, I just, I've admired his work for a really long time. He's one of those workhorse actors that have just kind of been around doing excellent work, occasionally getting recognized, um, especially for, what was it? John Adams. That was like mm-hmm. his last big lead role, I feel. Um, yeah. and I, I thought he did such a great job making this very unlovable kind of disgusting man, <laughs> um, grow into more lovable supporting father figure for uh the young man in the holdovers and i thought it was a very lovely performance it's very charming and full of character choices that i thought were really interesting and fun um and not a typical like biopic performance which i love to get away from whenever possible so there you go that's why i liked him and uh i wish he would win yeah, those are all good reasons. And Paul Giamatti, I think what you, what you said about him being lovable. In the end, this is a popularity contest, right? And he seems like such a great guy. Like Davine yeah. Joy Randolph, who keeps winning and she will win the Oscar, keeps she keeps literally tearing up when she mentions his name, which means mm-hmm. he must have been so wonderful to work with and such a friend and ally um, on set. So we want nice people to win. Why not? Billy um, Murphy, also a very nice man, I would guess. <laughs> I would guess. So. Yes, everybody seems to like him. Yes. But I will advocate for Coleman Domingo. That's who my vote go. Um, would go for. And I would say if you're an Academy member and you're listening to this, think about this. Think about what you want the Academy to become. Um, don't you want a queer gay man to win for playing a gay role? All the people who have won this award before playing queer characters have been straight men, or at least that's what they told us. Um, We don't know everyone's sex life. But anyway, um, and so Coleman's win for a truly deserving performance. Like the performance is beautiful. He carries that movie. He makes the movie better than it has any right to be. And also he plays a role of a gay man where you see him as a queer person knowing how to move how to talk how to make it swishy how to make it flamboyant how to make it sissy he's sissifying uh Bayard Rustin and you know (laughs) and he's doing it in a way that I felt was very natural like Sean Penn has sissified milk but it wasn't great I was it was a good performance but I felt the sissifying was kind of off But here, the sissifying is great and so natural. And I just love it for that. And I love that, you know, younger, I saw, um, I'm going to be on um, Ben Miller's podcast talking about Marlon Riggs's um, Tongues Untied, which is a classic from the 1980s during the AIDS crisis. And it is about queer Black men of the era and, you know, all the things that they, um, it's a documentary about all the things that they go, go through. And while I was watching um, Tongue Untied, it just dawned on me that, you know, 40 years after or almost 40 years after that movie came out, we now have a gay black man in that category in a movie where he, you know, he was directed by a gay black man. He played another gay black man. And, you know, I know I always say like I said it in last week's episode, identity is not everything. And but here it's a good performance. And I would love for that breakthrough to happen, just as we will talk in in Best Actress in a little bit. I would love for that breakthrough to happen because then nobody has to be the first anymore. Then it just becomes business as usual. Mm -hmm. So if you're an Academy member and you're listening to us, 
all of these men, there is no bad performance here. I even love Bradley Cooper, despite all that we said about Maestro. All these men are deserving, but just think of what a win for Coleman Domingo would mean. Um, you're and here. That, and that's my advocacy. But well, we yours think- is much better than mine. <laughs> it's not competition. Hist- history implications. <laughs> and I'm like, he was good. <laughs> yeah, well, you like him. And that's the thing. That's how people vote. You, it's who you yeah. like. Um, but we so both true. think Killian Murphy is going to win this, right? Yes. yes. No question. He- yeah, he's won everything, um, and that's why he's going to win. All right, Izzy, what's the next one? Actor in a supporting role. Okay, the nominees are Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. I forgot he was nominated. <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Yes. Um, and so this is an easy one. Like Robert De Niro has literally won everything. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. Did I say De Niro? Yeah. No, yeah. I meant Downey Jr. Of course. Right, right, right. <laughs> I wish it was Robert De Niro. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has won everything. And I think we talked about this in the nominations. Like, I think he's just winning for his career and for what he did um, for the industry, basically revitalized the superhero genre. Well, Almost single-handedly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like he's the only person who is making well, I don't I don't know if I want to say that necessarily, but I do feel like his performance of the cast members, the regular Marvel cast members, was the best. Yeah, it was a very good performance. And um, but he is winning for making a lot of people in Hollywood rich, and they're all gonna vote for him. <laughs> yep. For sure. Um, um well. And who would you vote for, though? I don't. I have a feeling you wouldn't vote for him. No, I wouldn't vote him. for him. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't vote for him. Um, I mean, I would hear vote like he only has two Oscars, so it feels like overkill to be like, please vote for Robert De Niro. But I love that performance. I know, me too. I would have done the same thing, or I was about to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I love the performance of Robert De Niro. Um, I think he does that thing of like he's literally playing evil incarnate, mm-hmm. but also he avoids the trap that most actors fall into, which is they always say, well, I had to show their humanity. And I'm, he doesn't. And he he plays this role. It's obviously a human being. It's not like he's not. But he plays all his evil characteristics. Yeah. And he does it in a comedic way. So in a way, sometimes it veers very close to caricature but it just never crosses the line. And it's somehow such a well-modulated performance and he's never been better. Like, I think he hasn't been this good since Cape Fear, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the thing about Robert Dino, people's like, oh, he's coasting, he's paying his bills. And I'm like, whatever. No, he's, no, no, this he's, is good. This is amazing. And also if he's coasted for 20 years, let him coast. He has like 17 classic performances. Like, I think he's earned the yeah. right to coast a few times. Oh, um, you know what? Well, I think we're forgetting about the Irishman though, too. Oh God, he was, was so, so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. snubbed by the Academy, not nominated, crazy. Um, which is crazy. And so this is who I would advocate for. Um, I have nothing to add. That is exactly what I would have said. And you're advocating for De Niro, too. That's who gets your vote. Yeah, that's who I would have voted for. Yeah, but Robert Downey Jr. is definitely winning this. Which, fine. Whatever. 
Yeah. We're, I'm, I'm no not going to get angry. I'm the best supporting actor race. Yeah. Really. Nothing to get angry about here. <laughs> All right. Here's the big one. Oh. Actress ooh. in a leading role. We're already here. Mm-hmm. And if you're not aware, Annette Benning was nominated for Dyad. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. I mean, you know, Annette Benning got COVID. So all those award she ceremonies did. that she was supposed to appear at, she missed. She wasn't even at the SAG. She didn't go to the costume designers or all those people who gave her awards. She skipped all of those because she's sick at home. And That's really Annette, sad. I miss you this this season. Um, Get well and- soon. Yeah, hopefully you can, you know, there's two weeks, so hopefully yeah, you will be able. According to, to the new to... CDC guidelines, <laughs> there is you no... barely even have to stay at home anymore. Totally. And she's already stayed home for like 10 days. So yeah, Annette... at that point, you know, it's like she's not sick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I just don't want to go, which I don't blame her. Yeah. But anyway, um, come to the Oscars, please, because we want to see you. And I'm so happy she's nominated. Yes. Bring bring Warren. Would love to see him out and about. Yes. Do you want to read the other nominees? Yes. Uh, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Maestro, Carrie Maestro, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and um, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Yes. I feel like in the past literally three days, this has been very clarified for us. Yes, I think so. So the listener who asked us last week and called Emma Stones win inevitable, maybe they're wrong. Yeah, that's my sense of it anyway. Yeah, and and that's because obviously she won at SAG, which is a major precursor. Uh, and that was when the tide shift last year from Kate Blanchett to Michelle Yeoh at SAG. The one thing- And not that- to, okay, not to bring in another Kyle Buchanan tweet, but I did <laughs> today. I was following his tweet thread because he's at the PGA- awards Mm -hmm. and he said that um lily gladstone came in to introduce something and got a notably sizable applause Mm -hmm. from the room yeah so Um, i i would guess that's a good sign for her absolutely and i think she also if you watch the indie spirits she -hmm. was there to present her an award she wasn't nominated because obviously killers of the flower moon is not an indie so she wasn't nominated, but she was there to present an award. And also she got a sizable big. applause, big, more than some of the winners. Yeah. So I think people feel the love. And then even the the head of Indie Spirit, I don't know what, what their job is or what their name is, talked about her for like five minutes. I think she was some kind of ambassador for the awards this year. So, And the, honestly, the perfect ambassador, like everything <laughs> that comes out of her mouth is incredible um she's such a good advocate for indigenous communities like everything she wears everything she talks about everything she reposts so much of her new work that's coming out is like working with different different indigenous filmmakers like Mm -hmm. it's cool she is such an incredible advocate and like the nicest person totally very charming like there's nothing you can fault lily gladstone for in any of these interviews, like any of these red carpets, she's done an incredible yes. job. And it's so cool to see her thriving. Yeah. Um, and she's such a, a great advocate for the film. Um, and I think she, I'm I'm predicting that she is going to win. But I'll just have to say yeah. one thing. Um, it's not a slam duck like last year because Michelle Yeoh definitely was in a movie that was very popular, that won a bunch of other Oscars that everybody loved. And unfortunately, as much as I love Killers of the Flower Moon, I do not feel that love for that movie. People love yeah. Lily, not the movie. 
Um, but and the movie that I feel the love is surging for in this category is Anatomy of a Fall. Me which, too. Which keeps I've been feeling this. Which keeps winning everywhere. People love the dog. People love Sandra Huller. Is like in the New York Times and the LA Times. She's everywhere. Um, she won the Cesar. People love um, Justine Trier. Um, so that's the movie that's getting popular. And then Poor Things hasn't done too badly. I think it made a lot of money in the box office. A hundred million dollars for a movie like that. You know, it's an indie, um, mm -hmm. you know, a studio indie, but still a smaller film. So it's, and Killers is just not as popular as these two movies, I think. But I think I Lily herself is popular and she's going to overcome that and win. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Um, I also think we're kind of maybe feeling a little bit of the social media bias of Anatomy of a Fall because like, I think especially recently with the Cesars, like mm -hmm. I don't think there's that much crossover with the Cesars, but seeing, you know, <laughs> Justine Trier with like a hundred uh trophies in her arms at that yeah. award show makes you feel like it's very popular which like it is in France um <laughs> so I don't know maybe it's some of that bias but I I similarly yeah. felt um a surge in popularity with that and Messi deserves a raise oh my god if there is a reason <laughs> this movie is gonna win anything it's because of Messi uh, because if Messi he's... is not at the awards I'm gonna be so upset I'm sure you'll come. I'm sure you will. He has to introduce a a category. I feel. Yeah, I think I think he should introduce a category. Um, absolutely, and you know, but it's been winning in America too. Like it won the Indie Spirits and it won other things. Yeah. So, which I think it will in other things. Like, yeah, we'll get to screenplay yeah, we'll, stuff. We'll but. get to. Um, is there anybody um other than Lily? Because I think we advocated for Lily, right? Like I think it's a great performance. Yeah. And I and I think I would, you know, I never tell people to go watch FYC um interviews, but there is an FYC interview on the Apple side where Kate Blanchett interviews Lily Gladstone, and I watched that. It's half an hour. And it kind of made me realize that actors love this performance. Um, because there is a, a part of it where she talks about acting um in wide shot and group scenes and how that is not how you basically win awards but she was mesmerized by how Gladstone managed to to be in those in those scenes and so it sort of gives you a little bit of what actors think of other actors and what they um gravitate towards and this is for people who keep saying that Emma's performance is flashier which it is but also, I think a lot of actors admire what Lily has done in um, in Killers of the Flower Moon. For sure. Um, no disagreements. In terms of, yeah, it's like, it's hard to say. I mean, I've really felt this way last year as well, where it's like feeling like I would vote one way, but I'm like incredibly thrilled by it going multiple ways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's no... Yeah negative it's it's down to personal preference you know so like for me for me I would vote for Sandra Holler because one of the things that one of the things I love most about performances or the thing that I'm attracted most to is like dialogue when you're given a ton of dialogue how do you parse that out and make it feel like it's a real person speaking and not like you're acting you know 
Um, and so the monologues that uh, Sandra Holler gives to me are the best of the year because that's exactly what she does. Like you've seen those um, social media posts going around. That's like oh, a, yeah. a screenplay. <laughs> it's the screenplay on the bottom that's scrolling up and then her delivery Did on the top. Mm -hmm. And you can see like where she kind of strays a little bit, but then comes back to it mm. or like adds a few words or adds like a sigh or something. And that is so impressive to me, just the way that you can stick mm -hmm. to something, but kind of make it your own and make it believable. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I love the most. And so, yeah, I probably would have voted for her. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I agree with all of what you said, so I won't waste the listener's time by saying anything more. I think the five that the Academy ended with, yes, Greta Lee should have been here, Natalie Portman should have been here, Tiana Taylor should have been here, but these are five very good performances, respectable performances, good actresses. Who wouldn't want to see Annette Bening win again, win for the first time after yeah. that career? Um, and yeah, I would still vote for Sandra Huller. Um, and, but I will be very happy if Lily Gladstone wins. And I think that's, what's going to happen. Yep. Pumped. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. She'll give win. such an amazing speech. Did you see her speech at the SAG where she, oh she talked about She's the gonna strike? She's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yes. I literally cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Oh, do you think there is a possibility of like an Olivia Coleman moment? Where who who is the Olivia Where it's in this sort scenario? of like <laughs> I think Sandra Holler is the Olivia Coleman. Yes. Um I I don't frankly I like I said maybe, but I mean probably not, but probably that would be not. Funny, but not it good, would be it would be, yeah. Um I mean I wouldn't be mad at it, but I think the Academy probably wants to have the Lily Gladstone moment. And and I and I think yeah. we all want it. Like yeah, I want to see that moment. Me too. Um and you know I love poor things. Um and I think Emma's amazing, but she has one and she'll probably have another one very soon. Yeah. So well yeah the reason that I asked that is because I worry that there are going to be more people like us that are like, oh I would love that. And then you actually vote for Sandra Holler. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Because that's how I felt it was that's exactly how it was the Olivia Coleman year. I was like, oh mm. yeah, I would love for Glenn Close to win. But then actually I would vote for Olivia Coleman. And like, it seems like a lot of people did that. <laughs> well, the, the one thing that, um, uh, that Lily had that Glenn did, and Glenn was in a movie that got one nomination called The Wife. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of Academy members did not watch that movie while Olivia was in a movie that had 10 nominations. So a lot of people watched it. And I think- so does the Killers of Flower Moon. It might not be popular um, in winning awards, but it's a Scorsese movie and everybody watched Scorsese movies, at least everybody yeah. in the Academy. So mm. I'm not afraid for Lily. I think she, she'll win. Okay, good. Lovely. All right. Shall we move on to supporting role? Let's Actress do in a it. supporting role. Yes. Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer. Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple. <laughs> America Ferreira, Barbie. Jodie Foster in Nyad. And Davon Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. Yes. And this and feels perhaps like there is no contest. Totally, there is no context. And unlike um, Best Actress, I would say this is such a weak field. Like, yeah. uh, uh, it's like, I, you know, I'm not a fan of The Holdover, but I think Davon is amazing in it. And she has the scene, the drunk scene, basically one of the best 
drunk acting scenes. So she's great. Um, but like, I would have totally nominated five other people. Like I would nominated Julianne Moore, Claire Foy, uh, even Erica Alexander from, from American fiction, if we have to nominate actors from that movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm just like, you know, oof. but yeah, Devine is going to win. But I don't even know if I need to advocate for anyone here. That's who I would have voted for out of, <laughs> yeah. in this group. So like, I'm fine with that. That's great. <laughs> I mean, in just keeping with the fact that I won the bet because of Nyad. Um, sure. Maybe I'd advocate for Jodie Foster returning to the screen. I mean, she doesn't act as much anymore. I think she was in that Mauritanian movie a few years ago. Um, she is on TV you didn't right watch now. True Detective. You didn't I watch not Night Country. <laughs> wow. I haven't. Um, wow. Someone doesn't support Jodie Foster. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like to watch cop shows. Um, <laughs> well, I would say this one is barely a cop show. Okay, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> but yeah, Jodie Foster, what you know, she has one or she has two, so it's like it's kind of overkill yeah, to give her yeah. three, especially that she hasn't really been working that much, which is great. You know, nobody needs to work if you can live off your great of your nineties um, heyday. Sure, do it. Why not? If you can afford to do it. Um, but it would be nice to see her, you know, give a speech. Like, I don't want her to win the Oscar, but maybe she should have won something before the Oscar. Well, maybe she'll introduce something. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited to see her rock a pantsuit or something on the red carpet. It's yeah. Be great. She look amazing. She's been doing these photo shoots and she's been looking amazing. She looks so good yeah also, but i think we knew that in naiad too yeah i mean if you see naiad, i was like you know, i she... need to get on your workout routine yeah she rocks the bod in naiad so yeah yeah and a true detective i will that's a spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe i need to watch true detective <laughs> mm-hmm. well here's i didn't like it very much but i did it for jody the I things the things we do um yeah, yeah. I do. I don't know if this is the right um, moment or not, but um, I do want to talk about the Indie Spirit Awards a little bit. Um, I have a couple of gripes with them. Davine won, so it is. This is not complete, completely arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Um, so she won, and then in lead actor Jeffrey Wright, wonderful actor. I love him. Love him in American fiction, even though I don't like that movie. Won. Um, and they were kind of like the the two Oscar nominees in their category. And so yeah. they won by default. I mean, Dave Vine has won everything. So I don't think even if she wasn't, it, like she wasn't going to win no matter what. But it just made me think that they used to have four winners and now they only have two because they, they are non-gendered categories. And maybe they should do like the LA film critics where they give two awards in lead and two awards in supporting and it remains non-gendered and it could be two women or two men who win or who identify whatever way they want to identify. Um, because it kind of, I felt it robbed us of maybe a Charles Melton um, acceptance speech on mm-hmm. TV. Or I don't know who in lead would have won if if Jeffrey Wright wasn't there. And not, I'm not begrudging Jeffrey Wright or Dave Vine their wins. I just yeah. wanted to see more actors give speeches. That's all. Well, I think it's sort of, I think it's disappointing when it's the crossover is Oscar and non-Oscar because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like things that are nominated for Oscars are often nominated for most of the major awards groups. Exactly. So it's like there's no shortage of recognition for 
many of those people. And so it's sort of like, it would have been really cool if Charles Milton or Andrew Scott or any of these people who aren't consistently like on the circuit and on every single red carpet, mm-hmm. yeah, like get their moment. Yes. Um, so like it's indie, but it's like not that indie, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so I, I really would have preferred that too. I would, I would like to see more uh, division there. Yeah. Or maybe do like the Gossams. Like the reason the Gossams gets interesting award winners is that they have they the nomin the nominations is the same as the indie spirit, which is by committee. It's a committee of people in the industry and critics, and they get they get together and they see okay, these are our nominees. But then for winners, um, you basically need to be a film independent, basically pay the ninety dollars, and so ev- so it's the public basically who votes, and yeah. of course the public is going to vote for the most popular movies. Um, but at the Gossams, it's another committee of just other people who work in the industry. Um, I think right. it's a bigger committee or whatever. There's like distinction between the two committees, but whatever it is, you get more interesting winners at the Gossams. Yeah, like I think the concern there is that you turn into like the BAFTAs, which I don't think it'll ever be as bad as the BAFTAs, but sometimes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Um, But anyway, um, the other gripe that I have was with the ceremony itself. Um, You know, I don't want to get on a soapbox and be all political, but there was, um, I think, three protesters who were protesting for Palestine, basically saying free Palestine over and over. They, They were very genius in how they did it. There were there were not a lot of people. So they brought a megaphone that had a recording from from I think a real protest. So and it was very loud so and and so you could hear it out inside the tent and you could hear it very on clearly the live stream. on the live stream very clearly. Um and so and but nobody acknowledged them. Nobody said anything. Two people acknowledged them, Babak Jalali, who is the director of Fremont who said um, what the protesters are saying is more important than anything I have to say. So I would give him high marks for that. Um, yeah. The other person who acknowledged it was um, Kelly Reichardt. Yeah. But she acknowledged it in the vaguest terms, mm-hmm. uh, talking about Robert Altman and the in Iraq invasion from, <laughs> yeah. from, you know, from the 90s. He's like, I don't want to go back to the 2000s. Ever. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, why can't you just say Palestine or say ceasefire? Like, so people are afraid to say those two words. Um, and I understand why they're afraid. But I just I was very disappointed that a lot of people I have a lot of respect for and admiration for their work got up there and completely acted like nothing is happening. Um um, and all you needed to do was just acknowledge that it even exists. Like, just do a Kelly Reichardt. That is, like, the lowest thing you could do. Um, so it's very disappointing. Um, but I think I'm very happy that it happened because it's now recorded everywhere. You hear the Free Palestine if you want to play any clip um, from the show, except for, like, the first half hour. Like, I think docu- I think the documentarian filmmakers would have mentioned it, but it the protest started after Best Documentary what was um, was presented. And I actually was surprised that Gosar Binhani, who's a Tunisian filmmaker and one for Four Daughters, who has mentioned, I've seen her mention um, Palestine in other acceptance speeches because she's won the Cesar, she's won other in other places, but she didn't. Um, and maybe somebody told her it's America, don't mention it. Uh, so, yeah, well, that is something that I was surprised 
Sandra Holler also kind of vaguely um, referenced it, I guess, at the mm-hmm. Cesars, which mm. I was like, that's that's big for a German, I think. <laughs> because the Germans are, as we know, from like the yeah. recent festivals, they've been shutting everything down. Totally. And it's been It's against outrageous. the law. Yeah. Yeah. In Germany. Yeah. Um, it does, yeah. You really do there's a palpable sense that there everyone feels mus muzzled, either like mm-hmm. out of fear or I don't know, ignorance. I, I can't believe that anyone would be actually ignorant, but it's very Especially um, the indie community, like how could yeah, they? Yeah, it's so bizarre and I can't understand why anyone would not want to say something. I mean, a lot of people have said ceasefire, but not in the in an awards show, right? Like people have worn yeah. the pins. Um, I mean, people... I think the sad thing for me is that people feel very, the number of people who was like, like, like Slava, Ukraine, and like, yeah. like taking on all of the Ukraine cause, like it was no big deal. Like it's this natural, of course, like look at this injustice. And then the second this happens in Palestine, a very obvious injustice, mm-hmm. something, what, I don't know, what What could we possibly do? How could yeah. we possibly support? It's yeah. so I mean, crazy. It's very clear in, in who the, who, you know, it's very black and white in Ukraine and it's not as black and white in Palestine. And this is, you know, just personally, it's even more muddled in Sudan, which is why nobody ever talks about Sudan, because there everybody thinks it's a civil war. But what they don't understand, it's two militias against the Sudanese people. They are fighting each other, but the Sudanese people who live there are the people who are paying the price. They're the ones who are caught in the crossfire. And it's also just, it's not, you don't have an elevator pitch for the war in Sudan to be like, oh, it's A versus B. Oh yeah, clearly in Ukraine, it's A versus B and B is terrible. So A is our person. Um, And everywhere else, it's just a little bit more complicated. So people, people just want the black and white, unfortunately. Well, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And I feel like so much of American history and also pop culture history has like trained us to say like Russia is bad <laughs> yes. so it's a very natural thing to just like um from the cold war yeah. that way which yeah. like they are yeah. so of course like that is a good thing to respond that way but um I think we don't have a similar sense of like uh, and a, here's what I, I think is interesting, I guess. Looking back at looking at a lot of these best picture nominees, mm-hmm. we're looking at back on American history and saying like the narratives that have been told to us about our mm-hmm. own history and the things that we take for granted um, are not necessarily true. So mm-hmm. like um, the way that we expanded westward, the way that we dealt with Native Americans, the way that um, we conceived of this weapon that has kind of like controlled national security for the past almost a century now yeah um all of these things are telling artists and artists telling us that we need to like take a step back and think about what we're doing in the present day like what are we doing now that is making the same mistakes that people made in the past so like zone of interest is a perfect example like Mm -hmm. when you can feel completely fine listening 
to people outside of your door telling you like there's something to be afraid of there's violence happening and you're sitting there like doing your little hot dog joke bit you know like it's not extremely uncomfortable like it's it's not the same thing obviously but it is like all of these kind of parallel moments where I feel Mm -hmm. like we're just not learning the lesson of the films we are literally talking about yeah (laughs) at every moment um during this award season and that's really upsetting but also sadly really predictable yeah yep exactly I think you nailed it upsetting but predictable it is um it is it was very upsetting um to be sitting there rattled by this by these protesters by the because it's it's real people like it's a recording of real people as a protest and you see you hear the hurt in their voices when they're saying that and it's repeated over and over and everybody some couple of comedians said they're hecklers and whatever and everybody else just tried to just soldier through it and I'm like why are you soldiering through this yeah like pause yeah take a beat think about what you're doing think about the violence and where yeah. you stand on it and I feel I I think like people are really comfortable doing that in hindsight but not in the present and that's yeah very sad and I I also think there's, there was just no leader nobody wanted to be that leader um, to say something. And I think Babak Jalali, the, the director, Fremont, who was the first, I think the first person to mention it. I thought, okay, after he said that and he said what they're saying is more important than anything I have to say, but then gave his speech. It's not like he then didn't <laughs> celebrate or anything. And nobody wants anybody not to celebrate their win, right? Like, but just acknowledge. So that acknowledgement, I was like, oh, so he acknowledged it. So maybe now people will feel more comfortable acknowledge, but then it just went back yeah. to like just ignoring it. Yeah. Well, I think like the only silver lining that I can find in that situation is like their failure to say anything also gives me a reason to pause and look at my own behavior and say, like, where where are the moments where I should be saying something Mm -hmm. like are there rooms where you like all of us need to stop and like turn our attention to something that's more important? And like, how would you behave in that situation? Mm -hmm. And so like this is unfortunately like their mistakes mm-hmm. are good learning moments for all of us i think yes yeah um, and it's definitely um, something i'm going to take moving forward yeah i agree with you and i think the fact that we decided to talk about it and bring it up this is our forum this is our acceptance yeah. speech at the this podcast is our public forum where we can say something um and so it's not like we can say it in other words in, in other places in other rooms wherever else we go but this is where we can say it. And we've been saying it. So I'm not patting us on the back or anything because it's the least anybody can do is just mention it. Um, we're not making any change. We're not enacting any change, but at least we're not ignoring it. Yeah. But um, I imagine this will come up again at the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, in no small part because... I'm sure the zone of interest will win at least one award. And I do think that team, because this is a theme that they've been talking mm-hmm. about for forever, like they've been a, do, doing a pretty good job of yeah. um, advocating where, where they can. Yeah. Um, their speeches have been pretty good. Yep. They, they brought it up at, um, at BAFTA, but I still am disappointed in general that people bring it up when they bring it up in some vague terms. 
Um, and it's time to stop the vague terms. It's time yeah. to be specific. Mention Palestine, mention the genocide, mention the ceasefire. Like a, the ceasefire has literally been called by everyone, including the <laughs> yeah. New York Times this weekend. So it's like, oh, you're not a pariah. You're not an, on an island. It is what all, it is what the majority wants. So calling for a ceasefire at this point is like the least anybody can do. Yeah, that's so true. Um, well, shall we move on to directing? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. We've got, um, Anatomy of Fall, Justine Trier, Killers of the Flower Mood, Martin Scorsese, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazer. Yep. This feels pretty locked up as well. Totally locked up. Nobody's going to win. Um, but, um, Christopher Nolan, um, like, just like I heard, like I talked earlier about, I'm feeling a surge for anatomy of a fall, like at the BAFTAs where zone of interest won, um, I think four, three or four awards, um, uh, and it beat, you know, Oppenheimer in sound, it beat poor things in in um in British best British film. These are like big awards at the BAFTA and the BAFTA last year sort of showed that that there is strength in whatever that um in the German movie All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um and so I'm thinking there is a surge. I'm not saying it's enough for the zone of interest to win director or film. But I think it's enough for it to be a challenger to Oppenheimer. And also because if there are people who, you know, feel the way we feel that we just talked about for the last few minutes about the timeliness of this film, about what's happening in the world right now, this is, I think they would be voting for Glazer or probably more probably um, for the zone of interest itself in best director. So if there is a challenger, I don't think the challenger is any of the other movies. It's not Barbie. Barbie has won nothing since the nominations. Um, well, Bar it's... Barbie is famously not in directing. <laughs> yes, but so... like, yeah, but even for best film, I guess is what I'm talking about. I guess we didn't get to best film yet. Right. But um, but yeah, I well, feel I like that- Well, I think kind of sneaks in a little bit. True, Not yes. like to win, but I think she's more in the conversation than- Scorsese or Lanthimos. For sure. Because, she, you know, she has the European people. She won Cannes. She won the European Academy. She won the Cesar. So anybody who's not from the UK and the US probably is voting for Justine Trier. I was surprised at the Cesars that Christopher Nolan got like a special award. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it surprises me that French people like Christopher Nolan, but it does. Mm, or he really has a good publicist, like, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if it's French people who like him or his like, publicist oh. works hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's surprising, but okay. I mean, this is a momentum building thing, right? Like they just want to build momentum. This is probably from his campaign. They're like, oh, Cesars, do you want Christopher Nolan to come to your award ceremony? <laughs> not that he's not deserving. Like he has the body of work, obviously, to get a Life Achievement Award. Sure. But also it's just like, he's it's very, the right time. He's young to me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mean know. he's mid 50s, something like that. Yeah, but that, that's yeah. young. Yeah, that's young, young in this country. Yeah. Our yeah. our leaders are all eighty seven. <laughs> yes, that um, is true. Yeah. So anyway, but, I think we both agree it's Nolan. No one else has even a chance. Right. Right. Despite I this, right, I flip back and forth between um, 
whether I would vote for Justine Trier or Jonathan Glazer personally. Mm. I like Anatomy of a Fall better, I think. Mm-hmm. But I do think the technical ambition of Zone of Interest is incredible. Yeah. So that's like, that's a very specific mm-hmm. directing achievement to me. I personally think this is a wonderful category. All five are yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, pers- I, I think I would vote for Scorsese for like sentimental reasons is because I think he's maybe the best working filmmaker who has given us decades and decades of amazing work. And he has one Oscar. Um, yeah, like he's never won again. Like, I'm just like for all that work, he gets one Oscar. Uh, and you know, time is running out. He's 85. Like it's time to I give him his guess, second. <laughs> well, there, there, there's no way they don't give him like some kind of lifetime achievement mm-hmm. thing you know yeah i mean clearly he's still working but i at some point they're gonna have a whole scorsese montage moment yes and yeah then... and it's so funny somebody mentioned something i think at the dga that he won the dga life achievement in like the early 2000s before the departed and and then he's still he's like 25 years later he's still working and making amazing work and getting nominated everywhere yeah Nothing I'm looking forward to more than his Jesus movie. <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah. I he, cannot you know wait. It's, it's going to be amazing. All right. What's next for us? Um, Where do you want to, where do you want to go from here? We could do. Let's do the screenplays, documentary and international. And then we can talk about all the others in one swoop. Okay. Does well, that work? let me spoil uh, my choices for documentary, which is that I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> so I <laughs> oh, know. Okay. Can you read the um, nominees? They, uh, for f- documentary feature, it's um, Bobby Wine, The People's President, um, Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, 20 Days in Mariupol. Yes. So I've seen all of these except To Kill a Tiger. And, um, and the thing is, the Ukraine movie wins, or that's what has happened uh, yeah. the last uh, last year, I think. Um so 20 Days in Maripol, I think, will win. And it has... Is it also the only one that's available to stream? Because I no, know... I think all of them are available to stream oh, now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm also just failing, for... is what I'm saying. For free. I think Bobby Wine, Bobby Wine is available. If you listen to our um, interview, the interview I did with... Um, with Moses, the director of Bobby Wine, it's, it's available free ev- everywhere in the world, especially in Africa. Um... And so I think the the Ukraine movie, it's a very good film. So it's not like it's a bad winner. It's a very good film. Um, but the, also the other thing that um, the Academy likes in this category is movies about democracy. Movies about, the con- about countries that are undemocratic. It gives Americans, let's say, a little bit of superiority because democracy is what America... A false sort of... <laughs> sense of security, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Americans love to say we're a democracy and, you know, we want we are supporters of democracy. So I think those kind of films um, sometimes win. So I think maybe um, Bobby Wine would win. It's also a good movie. And this is the one I would vote for just because I know the director. I'm voting for a friend here. Sorry. That's how some people do it too. That's how it works. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, and then Four Daughters has, has won a lot. So, so it's between those three. I think the other two have no chance. Um, Mm. 
but I think Four Daughters is probably in the thing. If you win at the Indie, you don't win the Oscar. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I'm excited. I will try my best to catch up on those. Yep. Um, this weekend, I think. Yep. All right. International feature film. Um, Io Capitano. I'm sure I said that wrong. Italy. I think you said it right. Um, <laughs> Perfect Days, Japan, Society of the Snow, Spain, The Teacher's Lounge, Germany, Zone of Interest, UK. Yeah. I think we know Zone of Interest is going to win. I still think it's very funny to have the UK have <laughs> an international feature film, but here we are. Yeah, well, it is in German, so. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, fine. Um, it's a good film. It's deserving. So, good. Yeah. Not upset about that. No, not at all. All right. Do you want to do screenplays? Adapted screenplay. American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Four Things, and Zone of Interest. Um. So this is the one that's a little tricky, right? So. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of things that's making it tricky is um, American fiction has been winning recently. Um, it won at really? the, yeah, it won at BAFTA and at the Indie Spirits. Did I tell you I caught up on it? I finally watched oh, it. Oh, okay. You want to talk about it briefly? Tell me what you think. Um, The whole time I felt like I was watching a movie from like 2005. Does that mm. make sense? And well, then the I realized from that era. <laughs> well, then exactly. And then when I Googled it afterward, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because it just, I felt like there's a disconnect between like the types of books that have become really famous from black writers in the US and like mm -hmm. the kind of books that the character was like alleging were really famous. Yeah. Um, but which came out those like i think it's basically an indictment of precious no like that's what yeah kind of like yes yes so i was like <laughs> uh this doesn't really make sense um but i don't know I, that also doesn't maybe feel like my place to say that but that was uh, I, I felt a little um like it was outdated maybe yeah and i thought it was facile and i i didn't think it was funny no and i think it was, i thought it was trying to do too much like it's and I you know the family stuff um was too serious and not in tone with the rest of it uh yeah and I think the reason it's winning is because it's 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 got these obvious hooks right it's got the quips it's got the satire it's got the emotional stuff and and writers maybe I mean I guess everybody votes here not just the writers but you know it's hooks that sort of maybe writers be like oh I want to I do want to accomplish that. Or maybe it's just making an emotional connection with people that it hasn't made with either of us. That's the other reason yeah. to win. But I think the complication here is that um, if you had asked me this after the nominations, I would have said, especially about the brouhaha that happened in the nomination stage with Barbie, I would say this would have been a very easy win for Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach for mm. their screenplay for Barbie, which has been in original in most of the other um uh award ceremonies so it was losing to um anatomy of a fall but anatomy of a fall is not here um right. and so th and the other thing is just that oppenheimer is so popular like oppenheimer i think is going to win at least seven or eight if not more and so do they just sign off on um 
on screenplay as well and move on. So this makes it interesting. I think there's three possible winners. Do you know which one you're predicting? Really, really hard to say. I mean, I feel like if the Academy is going to acknowledge Barbie, it's going to be song or hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because of the kind of controversy that surrounded Greta Gerwig's directing mm -hmm. snub. Yeah. Um, this would be an opportunity to say like, we actually love you, Greta. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they don't even feel like that's necessary because clearly, like, the movie uh, wasn't a favorite of the year. You know? No. It didn't get the, uh, some of the nominations that maybe people thought it was going to get. Yeah. Um, And then Oppenheimer also has so much momentum just yeah. in general that it's like, it just is one of those things where you win one, you win a lot. Yeah, totally. So, um, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, I'm going to stick with my maybe Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to stick with my Barbie pr prediction because I think, like, Greta Gorg has been nominated several times. All her movies get nominated for Best Picture. I think somebody somewhere feels maybe she's owed something. And so I think this would be the place because... Um, to reward her and reward Barbie. Um, and this is Court Jefferson's first movie, so there probably some people will be like, well, he'll be back. Yeah. Um, all righty. All right. Um, original so I, screenplay. Yeah, original. All or right. is there one that you would want to advocate for here? Uh, I mean, here... Um, uh, I mean, I, I would... I guess the zone of interest is one that I would advocate for, but also I just don't think that movie strengths comes from the screenplay but yeah well uh, i think adapted screenplay is also such a weird category because in some sense it kind of requires you to have a fluency in the original work to like yeah. understand how it was adapted and whether that was done well so my question about zone of interest is like from my understanding it's barely even an adaptation like it is it is in a sense but like there's the plot isn't the same at all. Like there's almost nothing similar about it. So it's like, does that make it a good adaptation or a bad adaptation? Like I have no idea. You, like how yeah. do you judge that? I don't understand how that works. I mean, the film works. So I guess it's a successful adaptation if the film yeah. works, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very low advocacy here because I'd rather see the zone of interest win sound. That's where I would advocate for it or even director than, than yeah. screenplay. I would, I would love Jonathan Glazer to get anything. So, well, he's definitely getting guess. one, which is for international yeah. film. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. Okay. Original screenplay is Anatomy of a Fall, Holdovers, Maestro, May, December. Oh, and Past Lives. <laughs> okay. Were you happy to see May, December win at? So happy. At and the her so good. Yes. Yeah. I like to see the the one moment of joy that that team gets to experience. Yes, it was very nice. And, um, you know, and I think Charles Milton also got a, a lot of the joke with um, A.D. Bryant. So I think that team was happy. Like sport. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the one thing I was disappointed in Sammy Bursch's, um 
speech like when she said Todd I owe you so much or something like that I'm paraphrasing and if I start saying why we'll spend all day here and I was like we want to spend all day tell us about I know. Todd that's just us though <laughs> that is just us I was having a, a good time just like watching anytime that they would cut to the May December table I would be like oh it's Todd <laughs> yeah I just, like, watch yeah. how he was reacting to things yes because I'm yes crazy I guess I don't know yeah clearly I mean listen to any of our episodes my advocacy is going to May December here me but too I, I feel yes. as though <laughs> that of a fall is going to take this yes and I'm fully taking this and I couldn't be happier it would be nice to see yeah. Justine, Justine Trier give another speech it's a great film great. um if um, if we're ranking the best picture nominees, I would rank Anatomy of a Fall as my number one of those 10. So I'm very happy it's going to win screenplay. Mm -hmm. um, let's go. Um, and then do you think it has any competition here? No. I, I mean, the holdover so. is popular, but I think if Alexander Payne was nominated, he didn't write the screenplay. Yeah. Um, it would have been maybe more competitive, but it's just going to be, I think, just Dean Trier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she is kind of um, a celebrity in her own right at this point. Oh, like yeah. She's, totally. she's a name that everybody is talking about and like excited to put on camera. Absolutely. Um, and that video of her finding out that she was nominated was so adorable. I loved it. Yes, yes. Uh, she's she's been great. I mean, she and Messi have done a lot of work, so yeah. I think they're gonna win this one. <laughs> um, and so we can talk a little bit about um the other categories briefly. I think one film that we haven't mentioned except in Best Actress is Poor Things. It's a movie with 10 nominations, and mm -hmm. I think it's gonna win a couple. I think it's gonna win production design and costumes. Well, I'm uh, I hope I hope so because I do those were kind of my favorite parts of the film, but I worry that this is kind of a Yorgos Lanthimos the most curse, as it mm. was with like the favorite, where it's like you kind of get one and then even though it was everyone liked it, it doesn't really get anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yes, but also I think it's only competition is Barbie. Um which isn't those, nothing. It, which isn't nothing in those two characters, obviously. The but I think I think I feel like Barbie's momentum ended with the nominations. I think people feel enough. You've made a mm. billion dollars. We've talked about you. We're tired of seeing Margot Robbie in pink. It's mm -hmm. enough. Like, I think I feel like the the second part of the the this uh, long, long, long award season is like enough with Barbie. We've been talking about it since last July, which is strangely, they're not, they can't take, they can't take enough of Oppenheimer opened on the same day. But with Barbie, I feel like it's just enough. So I think this is why poor things will win these two. Do you also feel that Warner Brothers, like their failure as a company is kind of souring people on Barbie? I think so. Because, because you know, pe yeah, people hate Warner Brothers. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like Barbie really kept them afloat this year. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't don't they vote for their friends and they don't vote in a vacuum. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is which then brings us to like, you might ask me then, why do I think Barbie's going to win screenplay? I think there it's just the fact that it's Greta Gerwig. It's Greta Gerwig. Yeah. 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 Um, but when you when you go to the below the line categories, people don't vote for the people. For the most part, they just vote for the movie. Um, mm -hmm. Because even at, at the voting booth, the imaginary sort of like 
um, you know, online voting booth, you only see the, the movie's title. You do not see actually the name of the artist. So, yeah. So, um, and the other category I think is editing, which I think is going to go to Oppenheimer. It's one of the many that Oppenheimer is going to win. Um, and then I think Maestro will get makeup. Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> that makeup artist I mean... is famous, beloved. People love him. He's won before. He's going to win again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's really funny, like the irony of like that whole debate of like, <laughs> It being anti-Semitic. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it anyway. wins. I mean, yeah. I think he's going to win for the old age. The old age makeup is great. Yeah. And that's the clip that's been, walk, you know, going around on social media is Bradley Cooper becoming older in the makeup chair. Right, of course. Oppenheimer is so popular. He's just going to win this. I think it has competition in sound from the Zone of Interest, where the Zone of Interest won sound at BAFTA. So we'll see if they manage to win that too. I would advocate for the Zone of Interest. Let's yeah, let's go me with too. that. Me too. Yeah. In terms of cinematography. Hmm. Who are the nominees in cinematography? El Conde. Um Edward Lockman, which would be amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, or things. Yeah, I think Oppenheimer is just going to go with that. Know. You know, it's in Which kind of sucks. I do feel like Poor Things was pretty. <laughs> Poor Things was very pretty. And I think um, Killers is great too. But I think it's just like, this is where Oppenheimer is just going to steamroll. So it's just going to win so this. Crazy. I can't even understand. It's, you know, it's just his time. His time. People have decided it's his time. It's Downey's time. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to like five years from now when everyone's like, why did this win so many Oscars? The thing is, Izzy, you and I are not fans of that film so much. I like, I think we acknowledge that it's well-made film, but there are so yeah. many people who love it and think, and people I love and respect think Oppenheimer is just the epitome of you know, grand filmmaking and storytelling and all these things. And I'm just like, this one? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. happy for you. <laughs> um, so these are our predictions. Um, and let us know what you think. Um, and what do you hope to see from the nominees? Are we crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing is we we predicted Oppenheimer so we're not crazy so that's definitely happening so yeah uh, did we yeah. we didn't even do best film but I guess we did, best film is just you know we talked enough about Oppenheimer it has no comment oh yeah I mean whatever yeah. we all know yeah we all would, know. yeah it's fine I will it's just so um enjoy the idea of another Sandra Holler Justine Trier movie in the future and if you are looking for their first collaboration which is what fostered the friendship that led to Anatomy of a Fall and you have Canopy or you know a person who lives in LA who can give you their Canopy account <laughs> um, or any library system that has it outside of New York City uh, Sybil is on Canopy Yes, and uh, it's great so yeah, Sybil watch that is Sybil is amazing, and Sandra plays a film director, so maybe she's playing Justine Trier. Who she knows? Does. And <laughs> this is a, another reason that I love Sandra Holler is that she's really funny, and yes. um, Justine knows how to get her to that 
place. And yes. that's great. Yes. I think it's going to be a great Oscar. We've heard some rumors about the presentation. So I think it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to watch it. Um, we'll be back next week, like we said, with a special guest. Um, and until that time, you can find the program, the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at I Am Picture Show. I am at Instagram at Mortada underscore E and on Twitter at M-E underscore says. And I'm BK Rewind on Twitter and BK underscore Rewind on Instagram. And until next time, thank you for listening.